following is a live broadcast of the Lone Star Community Radio Program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com, or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. All right, 904 here on Dick and Skippy in the mornings. Hanging out in downtown Conroe, Texas. IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, Facebook.com, slash Dick and Skippy in the mornings. Trying to think of any other thing you can listen to us on. We're on podcasts, we're on YouTube. Uh, just look up Dick and Skippy. You're not on yet, Skippy, because I'm trying to do the intro, and you always try to... Interrupt. Um, today's show is brought to you by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Small business office cleaning needs is available for one time to schedule cleaning here in the Montgomery County area. They do a great job for your office cleaning, all your office cleaning needs. 832-689-7996. Visit them online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com. Uh, C3 Creative Content Creations is also a sponsor of today's show. Videos, social media, writing, if it's tangible, and creative, they do it. Visit them online at c3thewoodlands.com. For all sponsorship information, if you want to sponsor the show, go to IRLoneStar.com slash Dick and Skippy, and you can find more about Clean Sweep Office Cleaning and also C3 Creative Content Creations and also the uh, availability to sponsor the show. Um, yeah. So today's show, we're going to have DJ Mike, uh, or Mike Belansky. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. Uh, he is a host here, and also his own radio show called Dance Time in Texas. It's a traditional non-traditional i don't know why i mean i would say it's a top 10 country he makes it up his own kind of formula to find the top 10 uh texas country music he his show airs brand new every friday morning at uh, 8 a.m right before our show but then you also can hear a replay pretty much every other uh weekday at 8 a.m right before our show uh that's dance time in texas and he's going to be in around 10 o'clock we also have a uh premiere video um with our taco reviews we started we started a new segment uh dick and skippy visit the taco places yes we and did. so we did a little short video about 15 minutes long we're going to try to cut it down shorter uh well there's a lot of exposition we had yeah. to explain the rules and so stuff. we'll be airing that live here on the show and then posting as a separate video on our social media uh we are always looking for people to give us suggestions on where to go eat tacos we do breakfast tacos and we do Beef tacos. So let us know what you think is the best bacon, egg, and cheese taco or the best 
beef regular taco. Or if the place has a special house taco, we're open to review that too. You can always text call us at any time, 24-7, And then you can email us at dickandskippy at gmail.com. And then, yeah, there you go. Good deal. Uh, but, yeah, so we'll be airing that at one point. I don't really don't know when. It just kind of depends on when we feel like it, I guess. Um, Nick, you did neglect to mention at the beginning that we're also available on Crystal Ball. What's that? A Crystal Ball. Oh, well, I can see that. People are always kind of creepy. on me. boards. Always getting creepy on me. Uh, but, yeah, so we're going to – we did Taco Villas. Yes. Velos. 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 Uh and well, that's the running the gag, by the way, if you watch the video. It, it was re- it was recommended by a, a fan. Um, and then the, the next one we're going to do is we're going to shoot over to Carmelita's because mm-hmm. that's one of our favorite places. So we're definitely going to do Carmelita's because that's so good. And then uh, today, after today's show, we're going to hop over to Gallivant Coffee. Uh, we've been talking about Gallivant Coffee. He is open, and I actually visited him yesterday. Found, I found him. Uh, he's in a little forest. Uh, I'm just kidding. I don't, don't think it's a forest. But, uh, yeah, I found him at 1226 San Jacinto. He's open from, I believe, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. He just does coffee, not black coffee. So whatever that style is, he just he does freshly ground bean coffee, but not black coffee. So if you want a black coffee, if you go, you get Americano. Oh, okay. So it's, I guess it's just espresso. Like, it's straight espresso yeah, coffee. Yeah, yeah, strong. Yeah. Uh, he did say he's going to be adding a cold brew. So if you're a cold brew person, he's going to be adding that. Uh, I think he's I think he's adding like an actual station for it. I think you can already get it, but it takes some time. Okay. But uh, I, I liked it. There were some people there. I think we uh, we we talked about this in person. Yeah, there's a lot of people there when yeah, I showed up. I was pleasantly surprised um, hearing that. So that was cool. But we're gonna go do a little interview, post interview with him because he can't come into the studio in the morning because he's open. Right, he's a business, um, he's a sole proprietor. But this is, you know, coffee cart and the conundrum of Corona. Virus. Yeah, and I, I want to know why he can't be downtown. It's like, got to be a permitting. Well, he has a permit on his cart. I saw it. It could be, but isn't it essentially in his driveway where this is? I mean, I couldn't tell you if that's his house or not, but it's in a driveway. Okay. So I didn't ask that. I just so asked him if we could come to an interview. We'll find out during the interview. How about that? Save the questions for your job. Um, <laughs> I don't want. But yeah, I'm, I, that's one of my questions is why can't he just open up right here and do it? Why is he letting the man hold him down? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so cool. So we'll do that taco review. We'll also just let you know on our YouTube, Facebook, we're going to be posting those as separate interviews not outside the show. So make sure to share it and let us know if we did a good job and what we didn't like. Because um, I, I like breakfast tacos a lot. I take them pretty serious. I am a repeat customer. If I find my, my place, I'm going to go there every single time. Dick, um, we both seem to be very consumer loyal, don't we? If there's a place that treats us right or just has a thing, yeah. we will go there, even maybe to our detriment. Well, I was even talking to Holly about this because I wish I was extremely loyal to Joe's. But I don't really like Italian food. So, but you're still loyal that when you think Italian, you think Joe's. Yeah, well, like even pizza, because I was telling Holly, I was like, I wouldn't mind trying the different pizza places around here, but Joe's is like my go-to. Mm-hmm. If we're just like, oh hey, you hungry? What? Well, you don't want to make anything? I can pick something up for Joe, like pick up a pizza at Joe's. But yeah, I mean, but again, if I'm do- buying pizza, I always feel I need to try something different with pizza because mm-hmm. there's so many different pizza places around. So you're looking at Mr. Little Caesars here. So. Ugh. Little Caesar's gross, dude. But uh, you get your money's worth. I mean, yeah, I guess. 
Um, Their not, deep dish is actually surprisingly good. No, I mean, like, well, I think it's different because the, there's a, I think there's a huge difference between chain pizzas and then, like, restaurant. Oh, up the street for me is called, like, Two Brothers. I, I think they're called Two Brothers Pizza or something. It's, it's the is entire it, is shop. Is it brick is oven or is it a coal oven or what? Like, what kind of, how are they cooking their pizza? It's probably oven an oven. oven. Um, because yeah. the entire shop is probably the size of Studio A here. I mean, it is dinky. There's no... It's, yeah. it's for pickup or delivery only. Oh, perfect. A uh, little expensive, just a hair, like more than Little Caesars. Of course, anybody's more expensive than Little Caesars. But by golly, it's scrumptious. Yeah, we went to Brothers Pizza on 1488 okay. over there by Honey Egypt. And it was it was recommended as the best New York-style pizza in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told you about that thing. I think we talked about that, didn't mm-hmm. we? So it was all right. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I mean, I like Joe's better. But... Saboro is gone from the mall, I noticed. Remember the little pizza place in the mall? Oh, the mall's still here? Yeah, mall. Wooden's mall's open. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I've been shopping it. Didn't know that. Nicely done, too. They're following great guidelines. Uh, No one's being a poopy head. No customers saying, hey, you can't make me wear a mask. None of that. Uh, The stores that are open, they have, you know, they're roped off. I I, I think all that's over, dude. I really don't think you're going to get the anomaly people yeah, who it's, like it is the freak out about the, the mask. And I actually, I think I told you last week, I, I was at the bank for my mom. It was her bank, Bank of America. And this guy walked in. I didn't really pay him attention because he was behind me until he started talking. And apparently he's one of those guys that's like really loaded with money, but he looks and dresses like he got out of a dumpster because he doesn't care. And he was like, you know, I'll call him Mr. Johnson. He walks in. Everyone's like, oh, hi, Mr. Johnson. Wonderful to see you, Mr. Johnson. And this guy just had the attitude that, you know, my money keeps your bank alive. And the designated mask lady came up to him and said, Mr. Johnson, we need you to wear a mask. Why? Why do I got to wear yeah, a I mask? I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. And he just had the attitude. And I know it was the exception to the rule. Everyone else looks at him and shakes our head. But I go to Kroger's darn near every day. Or Walmart, or Wal, or I go to Walmart or Walgreens for my mom, or you know, to a restaurant. I don't to think the people mall. are having issues with this. And and for the most part, there's always idiots. I think, but the, for the most part, I think the people, people are who are having it. issues with it is they're still not. I don't think a lot of people are still aware that they, when they interact with larger crowds, you still got to have that hand sanitizer on you. You still got to protect yourself. Having a mask isn't just going to like prevent everything. Right. Like you got to. I think that's a big issue with a lot of people. Well, common sense is slow to settle, but it does settle over the masses eventually where, you know, you get off the whole constitutional, you know, when you realize that pretty much constitutionally there's no difference between, you know, a state-level mandate to wear a mask and state-level mandate to wear a seatbelt. It doesn't infringe on your rights necessarily. Now, that separate that from the question of is this the precursor to the government exerting control to you must wear a mask and now you must wear this pink triangle on your shirt and you must do this and that you know that's where the slippery slope is but in this particular time of we don't know what's going on you know we don't know all the intricacies of COVID-19 so err on the side of caution even if it's cosmetic we've had this conversation many a times just because it's cosmetic doesn't necessarily mean it's bad and it goes the other way around um you know masks may or may not be effective but i'm gonna err on the side of caution well let me ask you this you know because people say uh, the big argument with the whole um mass stuff is there are certain constitutional rights we have and we have to 
blah, 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 blah. Like, when do you think the line is crossed? When it goes outside of a jurisdiction. In the sense that, and I had this conversation with some of the other day, so many people are like, well, the president just should give a federal, you know, federal mandate. And the president can't make a law. Yeah. And the only way you can have a, everyone in the nation must wear a mask and we will enforce it criminally or civilly if you don't, the only way that can happen is if it's made a law. And, of course, we have separation of powers. The president can't make a law. Even in an executive order, it's got to be something pretty far down the list. So the president can't suddenly say, okay, everyone must now tithe to me or call me my lord or something. It can't happen. And, like, the executive branch names nominations for the Supreme Court, which is in the judicial You're, you're going branch. down a route that I'm not trying to—I'm try, I'm asking you when— when well, do you think I'm telling you when the president says everyone must wear a mask? That's up to Congress to do. So Congress is the one going to tell that's us. That's the legislative branch, and you're okay with that if Congress tells. Sure. Us. Okay. Just like a seatbelt law. Because I was reading about this thing in California where they're having a house party, and the local authorities basically shut down power to the house. Massive government overreach. And, Massive. And I was like, man. That's kind of crazy. But don't forget, in that same state, they got rolling blackouts anyways because they don't have enough power for everyone. Hey, California, how's that working yeah. out for you? But, uh, well, I was always wondering that because really, you know, there, you do have to have that open mind that at one point it crosses a line, but we don't really know specifically what that line is. It's kind of like with these this protest stuff still going on. Like, I, in my mind, if someone's spray painting the wall, that's vandalism. We stop that, right? But, like, when I'm watching those videos, like, but, no one really cares it depends Until, on which law, which wall is being spray painted. If it's a federal courthouse, it's a federal offense. Much like going well, in someone's I, mailbox no, is it, a federal offense. You can't offense. just go around spray painting like houses and stuff. No, no but that, that's not a federal offense to spray paint a house. But I, regardless, you're still going to get arrested. That's what I'm trying to say. And it's who, much like the mask law, it's We're, not that there's a about, mask you're law. Talking about, who makes the You're mask talking about law. the jail stuff. I'm talking about if I just go up to your house mm -hmm. and I'm spray painting That's it, vandalism. So I'm going to get Tra arrested. It's criminal trespass and vandalism. Okay, so if I go up to Lone Star Community Radio and I start spray painting, mm -hmm. I'll still get arrested. What's the only place I won't get arrested if I'm spray painting stuff? Oh, your own house. Your own house. So regardless of... Or a, a business. Regardless or, if it's a federal building, regardless if it's, if it's just a public place and you're spray painting it, you're going to get in trouble. In some way, shape, or form. That's what I was yes. trying to say is Got when it. you see that happening, I'm like, well, why doesn't anyone really do anything about that? Because at one point they're like, why are you saying this is a riot? And I'm like, well, some dude is spray painting, man. Like, why wouldn't you prevent this guy from spray painting the F-U-C-K word like on a building? <laughs> like, I think we could get away with that. Yeah, like that's what, uh, uh, like I, because it blows my mind. I was like, how, why is this like a normal thing? Like uh, that's, but it is what it is when it comes to that stuff when we have zero, we have zero problems here in that, with that regard. Mm -hmm. But no one really sees that as a problem. The police don't until randomly, oh, they're hitting the windows. Now we can go out there and get them. Yeah, and it, a lot of it scale, you know, spray paint scrubs off kind of thing. You know, things are always going to get tagged, whatever. That Sooner or later, you're going to run out of things to spray paint. But it's with the destruction, you know, I'm talking the... Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I was looking at videos of New York this weekend, and, like, they basically boarded up. Yeah, majority of Yeah, board, they boarded it up. And Houston, downtown Houston is right behind it. So, and that kind of gives you... And it's not COVID killing these places. It's the regressive policies that's doing... I remember when downtown Houston was, at nighttime, was taken over by the urban animals. These people in roller skates kind of gangs and stuff, because I was security downtown. 
And I mean, the place was a ghost town. Yeah. And then Phil Tillman Fertitta came in and said, I'm going to build Bayou Place and we're going to, you know, reopen the theater district and stuff. And that became this vibrant, lively, 24-7 thing, like like New York. Yeah. And now it's 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 There's a, a cool town. photography down there. On I forgot what street it is. It's where yeah. the trolley is. Uh-huh. But not anymore. I mean, seriously, that's tumbleweeds are flowing down there because and it's not the virus necessarily that's doing it's the response it's a combination i think i think it's it's we're getting a whole bag of crap right now there's all sorts of things going yeah speaking of hurricane or tropical storm laura that that will add the cherry on top to this this year if we do get a hurricane Uh uh-huh i think that's one of those things i'm telling you if there's a if there's intelligent extraterrestrial life like the the alien overlords that want to take us over yeah this is the year to do it if they don't come this year they don't exist you know, because they'd be say taking, that again. If the evil alien overlords uh, okay. don't come, you know, this year okay. to, to to harvest us all for food or or sex slaves, then they they don't exist because this is too good of an opportunity for them. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting over the hurricane season, but hopefully everyone's gonna be okay. I bet. And. Nothing really is going on here locally. I know events are starting to pick up. I know the city of Conroe announced uh, rescheduling of the live concert stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, from what I understood, is I don't know if they made a. Uh, you know, they do the free concert series on every the uh, first, like, first Thursday. Mm-hmm. So they were talking about when they were got given the go ahead. They're going to be doing it every Thursday nice. because they still have to use this money for for the entertainment. Yeah. And so I think they were talking about doing it every Thursday or they were just going to basically shift the month. So the seven mo- or six months they do it. That's a brilliant idea because what a lot of people don't realize is a new year's budget, fiscal year's budget yeah. is based on the last year's budget. And if nothing's spent in the current year, next year they're like, well, you know, <laughs> we get, you spent 10 bucks on concerts, so that's what you get this year. It's like, no, 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 no. So no, 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 it, no, no, it's, no. it's hard to do that. Uh, Dennis raises a point, which kind of, I think, backs me up. He says, expeding the speed limit is illegal. You can't catch or ticket everybody. That's true. Well, and that's why I was saying there's always a, it's always a scale. It's always a context and a scale. It's, you know, this number of people cheat on their taxes. What are we talking number, about? Uh, laws about catching people and, and arresting them. Um if but here's the thing, if you are caught speeding, are we talking you, about spray paint people? Yeah. Well, no. So so it's all the context. And see, the I don't. If I don't believe that. Speeding, I don't believe that for a second you have because that law. you're talking about a ga- mass gathering of people, and basically you're waiting for that one person to go up to that building and start spray painting. But the, all the videos I've seen, I don't really know when it starts to become a riot because it, to me it's just random. Like there's like people are throwing fireworks. People when are, any person place or thing anything with a noun is harmed so it would spray physically well, i would imagine spray painting something would go hey we got to clear this area you can't be doing this here yes i don't know if spray painting would necessarily count as a riot but i don't know but because here's the thing it's peace, I still, remember it's peaceful assembly that's what that's what the I bill still of rights have a, says. like i really have a big big soft spot for the people who live in those areas oh god yeah me too because that's that because there's one guy who i always see on videos doing drums wearing a dress and i'm like <laughs> i'm like you know he keeps getting bailed out yeah she, like, she he I, I don't know how I, this person identifies. i just think that I, I know the neighborhood hates that person like you because I mean, like oh can you shut it up oh with it's the like drum? The, it's like the super fan 
at the at the game. Yeah. Just please just shut Why up. Why did I get these tickets right for the cowbell guy? Yeah, uh, please just sit down. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. But, uh, but yeah, absolutely, I agree. You can't catch everyone, but if you have broken the law and are caught, you can't whine about it that well you didn't catch this other guy. It's not how it works. Well, I know they're searching for certain people because there's there's yeah, a lot. He's a lot on the of run. Ha- a he, lot of ha- things happen over the weekend. Well, the guy that, that power kicked the guy in the head, yeah. he's on the run. He w- took to social media to ask for money. So now uh, Facebook is is guilty of harboring a fugitive. Oh no, no, I don't think it was Facebook. It was some. I th- oh, believe here we go. Here we go. Well, no, seriously, a man is on the run from the police, and he went to social yeah, media the, to say, uh, "Fund uh, my escape." Facebook probably gave the police information where he posted it. No, well, I got to take it back. I don't think he posted on Facebook. He went to social media. I don't think it was Facebook. But still, you know, Facebook being used to, or, or sorry, social media being used to essentially harbor and abet the escape. If anything, going to help. A, I think social media has helped more police felon. officers than it hurt police officers. Don't disagree. When I want to talk about their job, maybe not like their public image. Which is why I'm not saying defund social media just because someone can misuse it. You don't no. defund the whole thing. I mean... What are you complaining about? I'm so just, confused. I, because I'm old. Okay. I, you know, That's what I thought. Get off I my was like, I was like, I have no idea what you're really complaining about here. Well, we're talking about this guy that basically performed attempted murder on an innocent and You're victim. so extreme. I love it. No, I'm actually quoting the law on that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not speaking hyperbole. Did you see the video? Yeah, I saw it. And what he did? Okay, that, He just kicked the dude. That, in the head with the... Power roundhouse. I kick. mean, I think if you're going to charge him, it'd be like involuntary or whatever. Like he didn't. No, mean it wasn't to kill involuntary, him, especially when his him. rap sheet came out and he's a professional beater upper. I mean, I, don't, I made that word up, but I mean, I don't know, man. Okay, but see, it's up for the authorities to determine the extent of you know what to charge him with. But he's on the run because I imagine you could you could argue that oh he hit him in the head, but he got hit in the hip. It'd be a different story. Absolutely, because being hit in the hip. Is rarely a killing blow. Okay. Well, let's move on to something better because that's just stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, funny. Now you were telling me you recently finished watching a show, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol, which yeah. is a DC superhero universe. R-rated. Uh, so it's hard, it's kind of hardcore. Uh, it's, is, it's is it hard. like Deadpool? It's, is it funny? Or? Yeah, it's very self-aware. Okay. Uh, very adult-oriented. The uh, themes and. Storyline. Some of it get ridiculous, ridiculous. Yes. Uh, yeah. Some of the, some of the stuff. I'm look. I just look at Holly and I go, I would never have thought of that. That's that's hilarious, and I'm glad it's in a comic book sh- story. Like mm-hmm. it's really funny because they take they do do some mature things with superpowers, and I like that because you know like it's kind of like the the pervert nerds with Superman and Lois Lane. They're like, what would really happen if they did have a baby? Like. Technically, what would happen? Uh, I always freaked out imagining what would come out of Mary Jane in the delivery room of her and Peter Parker. Ever yeah, that's what I'm saying. Conceived. Like you just never know. <laughs> yeah. You just never know. A little skittering. And they do out. some. Of the, they do some stuff like that. It's pretty funny. The thing that's interesting about a show like that, it was so well done. I go, why didn't I ever heard about this? And it's because it was on the DC streaming only thing. So like Did anybody, I don't know. I mean, I know there was a good number of people who do. Uh, Enough to where the, I think it's like on August. I think it's on tomorrow. DC's doing a fandom thing. It's a free event. It's like available only tomorrow. Uh, they're doing all their announcements for all the DC stuff. So it's kind of like what Marvel oh, does okay. when they do their their 
ten year project, and they like do, here's Phase Five. Yeah, here's what we're doing. That's what they're doing because I think they're going to be announcing like the new Justice League stuff and like. Can you answer me a question? Because okay, so the Robert Pattinson Batman movie is going ahead. Yeah. They are shooting it, but it's just also been announced that in the new Flash movie. Yeah, Ben Affleck's Ben Affleck's Batman. Is still that. So are we talking, are they trying to do that there's a multiverse and are they building up to Crisis on Infinite Earths? Uh, I mean, I think the long con, maybe, but the... It's like, dudes, make up your mind. Who's well, Batman? The, th- the thing with Because Michael Keaton's going to do the, the old Batman for Batman Beyond. Well, great. I think that's perfect. Oh, I, I agree. Um, but it's like, pick I, a Batman, well, people. I think the success of Joker really screwed with a lot of producers. Because they're like, oh, we'll see if we do a standalone thing, it can be successful. It's similar to like Birds of Prey. I watched Birds of Prey, horrible movie. And I'm sitting there going like, why can't they just get this? And and like, but they can't because they think this is what people want to see. But Harley Quinn's never been a sympathetic character. That really bothered me throughout the whole movie. I was like, well, they're trying to, they're trying to make it. Well, no, you wouldn't make her as such. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, somebody was in the creative room going, we need to sell something. Who's the most popular person? Well, this this actress we had played this role. People really liked her. Well, let's do a movie about her, even though they forget. Let's redeem her. Yeah. And that's I'll, not it's, who Harley Quinn is. Yeah. And with the Batman stuff, when I read that, he was Ben Affleck. What happened to the Ben Affleck movie they canceled? Like, if you're going to put him in another role as Batman, why did you cancel the... Because I don't know if people know this. So about five years ago... Six years ago, Ben Affleck was like cast as Batman. So you saw him in Super Superman. Yeah, it was like Batman. the build up to it, like and like Wonder Woman. She was going to shows up and then gets her own movie. He was going to do he direct. He was going to direct and star as Batman in his own Batman only flick. What could go wrong? And I guess the Me Too movement is that what really happened? I th- didn't something happen? Something where- happened where he got in trouble. And they basically shut it down. And I think they were like halfway through filming. Like this movie happened. Like it wasn't just like uh, oh, yeah, because I remember seeing the uh, still, scenes from it. Yeah. He's in his Batmobile. Deathstroke was in it. It was going to be really cool. I like Deathstroke a lot. Um, and they were going to make this movie, and they canceled it. it. Just disappeared. Like full on disappeared. And that's the one thing that confuses me. If you're going to put him in the Flash movie, the only reason I guess they would have done that, they filmed it while doing Justice League or something. And then because you know the Snyder cuts coming out. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna be really interesting for Justice League uh, because that movie was it had the movie was there like it could have gone there, but it just it, it never it picked up. There were certain scenes that were very clever and fun, and then it just kind of like it fell flat for twenty it minutes. Just the then, Justice League scenario, just they really want to be the Avengers, but they just don't know how quite to make it. They could be better than the Avengers. Th- th- they could win the proper hands, and that's the problem. Yeah. It just it hasn't been in the proper hands. And again, when you have four different Batman running around well, you're, at the same you're time. in trouble when your movie for 30 minutes is just one-liners. Ah, speaking of Suicide Squad. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's when you're in trouble. Like, Because the last 30 minutes of Justice League is just one-liners. That's all it is. Um at least Superman versus Batman had like a development at the end where it's like Martha's the magic word where they connect. At least that's something that's providing. I, I, actually, I think that was the best part of the whole movie. That and you know Wonder Woman making her appearance, but to cast Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, that was horrible. Lex Luthor. It's who was who was well, smoking what when that. Well, casting no, what decision got me made. about that is I I grew up with Lex Lex Luthor character who was older. Like I would say in his forties. And it, he was always he was always black in the versions I grew up in. Okay, and that was part of the character where he developed that 
psychosis or whatever, that mentality of being the best because he grew up poor and like poverty and like he didn't want to like, I think there's even a sad story about his family where he like basically became such an egomatic person or egotistic person. Like he disowned his family or something like that, Mm -hmm. but like there was depth to it. And then when I want, when I saw this movie with Jesse, I was like, I don't really care what this guy does. Like it'd be great if Superman punches him in the face and he's dead. Like that'd be great. Let's, Let's move on from this guy. But, uh, they didn't do that sadly. And because like, with Lex Luthor, what's the cool thing about him is he had like, depending on where you wanted to go with it, he had an arc where he could redeem like certain comics. He redeems himself. Well, and see, then, I remember original when I was young. Lex Luthor was the one who was anti Superman because he lost his hair when Superboy blew out the the, chem- the fire in his lab. And, and then, so he really hated him because he was bald. Y- yeah, that that was Lex He's Luthor's original yeah. thing. So that's who I grew up with. And then when they did the the re- rebirth of Superman where they redid the universe yeah. and they made it to where he was this powerful guy and Superman dares to arrest him. It's the first time he's been arrested and that, that starts feeding the rage. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a lot more they could work with, but they chose that guy and they didn't do anything with it. I think the, the, whoever's in charge over there, they need to get somebody who like, to me, I would get the guys who were in charge of the Batman animated series. Because one thing they did really well in that series is they they continued the Batman story in a unique way, but they also added to it with new characters. Like if people don't know, they're actually the ones who created Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. They're the, like that the team who did that cartoon did Harley Quinn. They redid Ice uh, Mister Freeze the way we know Mister Freeze today. Right. They added Clayface because um, these aren't those people weren't in comics before. I'm talking like this show created those characters. Which is because a lot of th- a lot of times people who go see comic book movies, they know who the characters are because they've been in comics for almost like eighty years. But like Harley Quinn was not in a comic book prior to that cartoon, and that cartoon mm-hmm. I think was so good or was so well done because their team was so good. Like they were they were just really into Batman and really into that stuff. And well, but look at like and and Brett's kind of pointing out like on Supergirl, John Cryer plays Lex Luthor. In Smallville, it was. Miles O'Shea. I'm, I think I'm getting the name. Yeah, but wrong. they were trying to make like a teeny bopper. Thing. That's what I'm saying. And it's it's, it's like it's, they went to high school. There's no single driving for Superman. Has always been Father Jor-El saves him from the exploding planet by putting him in a rocket. Yeah. The Kents race him, and in one unit, you know, in the old days, Pa Kent dies young. Now he's still alive. You, you know, but you know, Kent's raise him. That's always been, you know, the, the costume comes from the blanket or whatever. Oh, I wanted to tell you. That has always been the thing. But with Lex Luthor, it's always been, we got to change this. We got to change this. He's hip. He's young. He's the same age. He's older. He's the president, you know. So uh, I want to tell you, did you see uh, the trailer for Let Him Go with Kevin Costner and Diane Keaton? Is it Diane Keaton? Not Diane Keaton. I just went blank. Diane Lane? Who, who played Martin? Yeah. So Former the, Mrs. Christopher Lambert. Uh, former Mrs. Highlander. So I have no idea what there's this is. There's a trailer, so people can look it up after the show. It's called Let Him Go. And a retired sheriff and his wife grieving over the death of their son set to find out they're set to find their only grandson. And I'm watching this trailer and I'm like, this is so weird because it's like watching Martha and uh Oh Mon Pa Kent, that's Ma- right. Yeah, it's like it's like watching them if if like Superman died and they're the ones going after the grandson. Because I was like that's how I was imagining it. Oh, this is okay. a very tense looking movie because basically uh, their son's wife or widow 
gets remarried to like a very controlling family where they're even known by the police as like the grubs or someone's like he's a grub now you know that kind of like kind of weird mm-hmm. back backwoods kind of thing and uh yeah so when i was watching that trailer i was like this is how does this like even go about how, like they even look the same they even look i'm gonna pull it up real quick they even look it's like they shot it while sh- shooting superman oh they probably saw the chemistry on the set and they said hey listen let me pull this sign up. this contract let him go yeah, it's called Let Him Go. I'm going to show the people. Is Costner and Lane the new Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan? You know, they're going to be just throwing a whole bunch of movies together. Okay, I mean, I'm gonna... are, are you going to play the trailer? Yeah, I'm going to play the trailer. Okay, here we go. Don't start what you can't finish. So I'm, I'm watching this thinking, like, this. they even have the farmhouse. Yeah, there's Ma Kent. It's Martha. There's, there's John with me, or... He survived the tornado. I saw exactly what I've always felt about Donnie Wee Boy. And I saw that girl can't protect her child. Margaret Jimmy's her boy. He's your grandson. We're trying to locate a Donnie Wee Boy. He married our son's widow. Got our grandson with him. Oh, so this is Gary. This looks like 50s or something. No, this is the Superman side story. We thought we'd see Jimmy <laughs> since we're in the neighborhood. Since you're in the neighborhood. Go careful. Where the hell are we? They even have an Indian guide. Well, that's Kevin Costner for you. <laughs> yeah, probably someone from Dances with Wolves. Who's that? Is that Laura Dern? I don't know who that is. We came to see our grandson. My boy doesn't have to answer to you. And we don't have to answer to you. Oh, Ooh. Jeffrey Donovan. <laughs> he was the guy in Burn Notice. Yeah. I can't make out the woman there, the one sucking on the Come cigarette. With us. No, he'd kill me. But yeah. Him and his mother. I, was, I mean, I think, I think that stuff, uh, that's totally the kid, the Kents and stuff. It's totally, that's totally them. How is it not? There you go. I love that. Make it part of Crisis on Infinite Earths. But. Well, there we go. So th- we got down this rabbit hole because of Doom Patrol, which you wholeheartedly recommend. Oh, yeah. I think it's, uh, it, they moved it to HBO Max, and that's where I'm kind of curious to see what they do with it. Because I'm, so, I'm still kind of confused at what HBO's doing, because I know they were purchased by Warner, Time mm-hmm. Warner. And a lot of their shows that they owned were merging, so basically the chopping block's going to come. But the show left on one of those cliffhangers where you're like, screw you, dude. Like, why would you do that to me? I wanted to see what happened. And then now it's I guarantee you it's going to be canceled. And I was like, ah, that sucks. <laughs> Brendan Fraser's in it. He plays he plays one of the probably the best characters in the, in the story. Because one thing I love about uh, some creative people is they're able to take stereotypes and then create depth to it. And he's the stereotypical, like, he curses all the time. And, like, he's... He's like the guy who abandoned his family, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then it keeps getting better and better because when he's interjected, it's hilarious but sad at the same time because you know where he's coming from. Yeah. But he's also one of those those dudes who uses the F word for like every third word. I may have the, <laughs> let's spell it out one letter at a time, word. Um, I, I'll have to try and contrive some way to check it out. Meanwhile, I am continuing my binge of Bosch. Bosch. Yeah, you got like four seasons or something like that. Yeah, we started season four. Yeah, you're getting last there. night. That's a great show, isn't it? it? The writing is just 
Absolutely they get spectacular. It. Holly even liked Doom Patrol. Oh, she liked Doom Patrol? Okay. Yeah, like she, well, that, she's the one that... Because I, I started watching it, and I go, hey, you actually might enjoy this, because it's not a typical superhero. Like, they're not fighting monsters every episode. They're not flying around shooting lasers. Like, at rare, like it's more of a character-driven show about these characters who believe they're not superheroes. And they're like, they think they're just, you know... You know they're 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 the the plague on the, the on people, so they try to hide away. But yeah, Holly was like, "Oh, I really like this show," and she refused to uh, let me watch it by myself. Nice. My wife uh, got suckered into Heroes. Yeah. And I told her watch season one, watch the first half of season two, and then you need to stop because it just takes this nosedive. And she didn't listen. And, oh, it's and a disappointment. Bitterly disappointed. Did they make a movie? They they did a. A sequel series called Heroes Reborn yeah. to try and buttonhole it. But again, it's when you kill off a favorite character because you can't afford the actress. And so it. it Who's that? The cheerleader. They but, killed her off. Peyton Pantier. Oh, they couldn't pay her? Yeah, because she was on um, uh, Nashville. She was the star of Nashville. Interesting. And so they couldn't afford her. And so they made it to where her unborn child has the power to suck out your. Um, Essence, your your superhero powers. Oh, cool! Yeah, like you don't have your powers in his presence, and so she dies giving birth to him. Okay, that's weird because of childbirth. And the very ending was cute. What happened was, remember the the Japanese guy, Hero? Yeah, he could he could could control travel or he could control time and space if he focused. Yeah, like it wasn't just like and it ended up to where he stuck. Back in the, he's got to protect this kid, and so he and the kid time travel back to like. How's he able to time travel with the kid before he gets? This is the last thing he can do, and now he permanently loses his powers as a result. So he has to like live a normal, normal life from the seventies on uh, with this kid, and then the kid, of course, grows up to be this other thing that that you don't realize it's the kid till the end. It was it was was, Superman or something. Yeah, something like that. It was it was it was decent, but it was like Mm -hmm. a pale. It was kind of like well, okay. Let me ask you this: bring him back. Police so Academy with Steve Gutenberg for we, one last huzzah. We talked about Project Power on here, right? The Netflix movie with Jamie Foxx and Jason Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yes. And so, we still don't know if it's Project Power or Project, or Project Power. Power. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I, I, if listeners have seen it, like I'm having this kind of argument with some friends and like Holly because we watched it. I, I go, I can't get over how bad that movie was. And everyone's like, how's that a bad movie? It was fun. It, was, it had an action. And I was like... Well, because they try to explain the science to you of how these pills change you, but I, I, I don't follow it. And, like, that just turned me off so hard on this movie. Like, I don't really care what happens because I don't understand how it's happening. Because if you see the movie, and maybe I'm just not that versed in animal biology. So, in the it, from what I understood in the movie is everyone has their unique DNA to an animal. And one, like, under, like underlines. So, when you take the pill... Your superpowers, whatever's reflected in your animal, like like a power animal kind of thing. So like this, like Jason Gordon love his character. He takes the pill. He's like hard as rock. So if he gets shot, he doesn't get hurt. Uh, Is he a turtle? Well, I mean, like you don't you don't turn into a turtle, but like he can just take bullets. Like he can just shoot them. I'm just trying to figure out who's hard enough to not. Well, I mean, that's the a rhino I, or a turtle. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that was now that was kind of unbelievable to me because I really don't think there's an animal out there that can res- restrain a like multiple gunshots uh and then like 
other characters had like a chameleon, like he could be invisible. Nice. But then there's one character, uh, and like if you I'd keep, be the dodo bird. And from my understanding, of course, listeners who know better than like they saw it, some of, they saw the show on Netflix. If you, every time you take it, it hurts you a little bit more. Okay. Like it kind of takes away because there's a character at the very beginning. Subtext on big pharma. Yeah. So like the very beginning, this guy turns into fire, like full on Fantastic Four Johnny. He's a phoenix. Like. But phoenixes aren't real, aren't they? So that's what I because like they? he like just goes into flames, and I'm like, what kind of animal does that? <laughs> and that really threw me off. I was like, I don't understand what, how these pills work because I get that the random pill will make you uh, blow up because it's just a bad like you had a bad trip. There are animals, and there's another there's another power that can ignite something. There, there's another power where she turns like Iceman. She just like. Can like control the temperature of ice. So I'm like, there's not an animal that can like sit there and just make the room 30 below zero. Like, what's going on in this movie? Uh, uh, Fahrenheit or centigrade. Well, I mean, she turned the. She was in a jail cell kind well, of. You thing. said 30 below. I was oh, putting it in context. whatever. Whatever the coldest is of those two. That would be Kelvin. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, and I, I just like uh, that's why zero that movie. If someone could explain it to me, that movie would be a lot better. Well, there was this really wonderfully, horribly bad movie in the 70s called Bug, and I think it's actually on Hulu. Um, it's about this sleepy, you know, desert town, probably New Mexico or Arizona, and it's got Bradley Whitford, in, uh, not Bradley Whitford, um, Bradley, uh, Bradley Crawford, and it's these mutant flying, self-igniting cockroaches that take over this town. And it's got the scene like, you know, there's one crawling on this woman's phone. The phone rings. She picks it up. Hello. And it catches on fire. You see the really bad wig go up. Ah. It's it's so beautifully bad because at the end, you know, they start forming words on the wall like we live. And uh, so, yeah, apparently the sequel to that was Joe's apartment. Probably. But, you know, there's some, you know, because they would they basically put out gas and rub their legs together and ignite. It was so cool. I mean, the movie looked good. I'm not going to take away anything like, yeah, it just, that bothers me when they. Yeah, yeah, hold on, Brett. Now, you heard me say zero Kelvin. I, I said negative 30 Fahrenheit or centigrade, and then he said whatever's the coldest, and I said that would be zero Kelvin. So there yeah, you whatever go. Whatever it is. Ah. I don't know. Ah! She turned into ice, basically. She had an overreaction to the pill, and she becomes an ice figure. And I'm like, I don't get this movie. I don't get it. Like, why would you say animals? Just say it, random superpower. Like, don't say animals. Well, that's what I liked in uh, one of the the subplots of the series Heroes. It's an alternate future where basically they have this injection that you take it, and it'll bring out whatever your latent superhero power is. And so basically everyone becomes a a superpowered being, but they don't know what it is. So there's a guy in Doom Patrol. His superpower is if he eats your beard, like a beard hair, he can tell the history of what you've been doing since you've been growing it. That is so cool. Yeah. And that would be my... If I like, took that pill, was, I'd probably take on a duck-billed platypus. Yeah, they, they got him because they're looking for a guy. And they're like, we well, know where he is. He's like, well, I need some beard hair, basically. Well, it's like that X-Men in the in the comic books, the kid who... I can't, I think his name was Cypher or something. And his superpower was he could understand anything that was written down, you know, in any language, just yeah. automatically. It's like not useful for, clo- you know... Hand-to-hand combat or close-in like, fighting. How do we disarm this bomb? Read and, the schematics. And of course he dies. That also reminds... Okay, I'm going to go down a little bit of rabbit hole. There was this comic book. I don't know how long it lasted, but I got the first issue of it back in the 80s, probably late 70s. It was called Strike Force Moraturi. Okay. Uh, future, where, you know, it's 
humans are fighting the the bug-like aliens, like starship troopers or whatever, and they have this thing where there's the more churry effect, where you a, a volunteer takes this injection of the more churry formula, and it gives you an undefined superpower. You have no idea what it is, but it'll give you some kind of superpower, but up to a year, and then you you like die horribly, and so you got to volunteer for this. And like in the first issue, you got the like Johnny the Johnny Rico kind of character who's like, yeah, yeah, and boom, he blows up at the end because it's like, no, I thought I had a year. No, you have up to a year, and so it shows like their celebrity status. Like there's this really nerdy girl who gets the superpowers of being strong, so some Hollywood hunk starts dating her for the for this publicity, knowing that he's only got to put up with it for you know nine months maximum before she dies horribly. I, I don't know how that one ever turned out, but that was that was an interesting take on the whole. You know, okay, so you can be a superhero, but you could blow up horribly in one minute or one year. Always a year. Up to again, always up to a year. It's not a year later you die. It's that's your maximum outside range. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to check into that one. I haven't thought about that in forever. Well, uh, we only got a couple more minutes, so we got to take a top hour, hour of the hour of the uh, <laughs> well, of It's the a hour, good thing we're not live. Edit that one out. Tower, t- top of the hour break because we're gonna have our uh, DJ Mike in the studio talking about dance time in Texas. Um, so, is there any last comments before we leave? Anything in the news that you wanted to bring up? Um, I mean, I I, I kind of looked over the headlines of the other day. And it all seemed like the uh, same I, things happening. I just myself am recovering from such a high-tech DNC. I'm just awed by the sheer virtuosity of those. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, did that end? Well, I love... How did it end? Did they do fireworks? Because I remember I was asking, like, is it a big... Was there, there a big There is a poem by T.S. Eliot that I, I will give that you That was read? Poem. Well, I will read this to you. That's power. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. Not with a bang, but a whimper. That's what they said at the no, end. No, but that's what that's how it basically was. It Julia Louis Dreyfus was trying to make jokes on how to pronounce Mike Pence's name. You know, this is on the heels of we must unite and everything. It was it was funny. And then what cracked me up, because I actually saw this for uh, Kamala Harris to accept the nomination. Mm-hmm. You know, people in there were cheering like all six people in the room with her. And then it goes to this big big screen TV of all these like people who have apparently tuned in to support her. Yeah. And literally half of them are getting coffee clones. or something. No, clones of each other. Like it's the same picture twice. Oh. So you have a grid of 16 so people. So they messed up. They, well, exactly. That's my point. Were they incompetent or could they not find 20 people to tune in to watch her accept the nomination? Which one is it? Was it on purpose? They probably just messed it up. So well, it was kind of awful. Well, I would think that they would do a little bit better for the Democratic National Convention. Now, I'm eagerly looking forward to next week's RNC and see what they do. Because if they were smart, they would look at this to say, okay, what worked and what didn't, and, and adapt accordingly. I think they would be well to avoid Billy Porter singing songs that include the word stop, because that's not a good word for forward progress. Did you see that 80s video? I haven't seen it, but I'll check it out. It no, is the funniest thing. Well, I, mean, I always feel like those, those Democratic or RNC kind of things are very cringeworthy because if you're not sold on those ideologies, you're kind of like, what's going on here? Yes. Because that's how I feel every time I watch anything remotely political besides like a debate. 
Because you're kind of like, are we literally just I can't picture having Bruce Springsteen here to celebrate how cool we are? Like, is I that what's going on? I can't picture a single Republican watching the DNC that hasn't already made up their mind to, to yeah. vote Democrat to suddenly go, wow, yeah. yeah. Julie Louis-Dreyfus inspired me with her jokes on how to pronounce Mike Pence's name to vote Democrat. Yeah, I don't get it. I think it's what I think it's a money laundering scam. That's what I think it is. <laughs> well, when Hillary Clinton funded it, it I mean, was. I mean, I can see that being going down like, hey, uh, you know that one guy or little like Susie's over there in the book bookkeeping, and like four weeks later from today, she's kind of like, hey, why did uh, that thing, that four day thing, cost us twenty million dollars? <laughs> like, well, yeah, you got to take balloons off the line item budget um, amount yeah. now. The balloon industry's dead now because yeah. they couldn't they couldn't sell any balloons for the convention. Yeah, I mean, I think they're lucky. I, I, the internet culture, I haven't really checked it out. If they're making fun of the DNC yet, I don't know. If, is the RNC even doing one? Yeah, okay. there is next week. Okay, because I mean, I, I remember that was kind of like my highlight is you got to see the ridiculous stuff, like people doing funny memes and like. I remember in 2016 there really was some like conspiracy stuff going on where the delegates were getting removed and. You know, there was like all this conspiracy stuff. You know, talking. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Like they were gonna vote for Bernie Sanders, and then like yeah, that was just they, they could not let that happen. Yeah, so they got kicked out, mm-hmm. and then like people were filming these people getting kicked out, and then they were filming people getting hired to sit in seats to make it look like there was more people there. Uh, I mean, it seems like they have seat issues, is what it seems like. Mm-hmm. You speaking of that, you know, I've been watching Rockets basketball. I'm sorry. Uh, they're in the playoffs, and they won uh, yesterday. I didn't even know they were playing. Uh, yeah, so what's cool, though, is the way they set up uh, the stadium is they have— and I, I if, if you're a basketball person, let me know, because I haven't done any research on this. They have, like, little—it looks like screens where people would sit, and it looks like real people watching. Oh, yeah, yeah, to— Watching yeah, little the game. plexiglass things. Yeah, to, and I'm like, are those real people watching, or is that like a computer generated thing? Like little because, one of those holograms inside the. Yeah, I couldn't tell if like no, it's like me setting up a webcam. Yeah, I gotcha. I would think and that those are real people. I would, well, they weren't cheering or anything. Like when there's a dunk, I was like, I'm like, I wanted to make sure. I was like, I wanted to see people react. Oh, could it be like in the Phantom Menace? You know, for the crowd scenes, George Lucas actually used dyed Q-tips for the crowds. Oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah, okay. And, like, so I couldn't tell. So if, if you're a basketball watcher, yeah, let me know. Because I couldn't tell if there were real people, like, doing a webcam, watching the game. Because that would be really cool. Dude, I swear to God, man, I did not even know basketball was in season. Well. I know baseball is. Yeah, ba- well, all the sports are besides football. And, I had no idea. Yeah. And uh, that would be really interesting. I want to know. Because well, the only thing I heard was that over in China, they kneeled, which just cracked me up. You're kneeling in a country that literally will put a bullet oh, in somebody's head for kneeling. Dude, basketball, like, and again, I don't know if that really, like, it, what does it really take to destroy a huge industry like that? Because to me on the on the human rights thing, everyone was on the side of human rights there besides the NBA. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. As I'm saying, like, no one can really get the behind. The optics of, okay, you're in a country where they will literally kill a person for kneeling and now, protesting, I think it and you're kneeling. I think the straw that would have broke the back would be firing that Rockets guy. Which Rockets guy? The guy who, like, started it all. Like, the Rockets GM goes on, go, hey, free Hong Kong. Oh, oh, And oh. that's what started the whole thing, because they were in China doing their preseason. 
And basically, the Chinese government said, rockets can't be here. We're not airing any rockets games. Mm -hmm. And then that's when everybody was losing their mind. And that's when LeBron basically came out and said, you shouldn't speak about stuff if you're not well-educated in it. There you go. And I'm like... Like, I, how, why, why is anyone choosing the, this side to fight on, guys? But that, that's for the NBA, and I think they, they kind of escaped it because people don't really care. I mean, right. and that's why I think they get a lot of, they get a lot of flack today because of how, how they kind of chose the Black Lives Matter movement to get behind, and people are like, well, what do you do about free Hong Kong? Like, like you guys are just picking things that you know you can make money off of, mm. and. I don't think that I think the viewers don't care. I think sports fans do not care because they they use sports as a getaway. So it's not like much like I use theaters a giveaway getaway, which is why I was so unimpressed when the cast of Hamilton ripped on Mike Pence for showing up. You know they, they can do whatever they want. They can, but it's like you know what you you lost my support because I go to theater to lose myself. Let me ask you. I read a, I read an interesting article about Hamilton. This guy basically goes at the core of it. It's just schoolhouse rock mm-hmm. for teaching about. Yeah, that's all it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Well, no, because like, his argument was like it didn't really because the creativeness behind it, like he just didn't think it was something that he felt that the the results of its fame shouldn't be there because this all it is is just schoolhouse rock. Mm-hmm. Now, like you could literally take the same. St- like you could take all the words, well, much like and Schoolhouse put it in a cartoon. Rock, kind of glossed over, you know, slaughtering Native Americans or something. No. You know, in the great or the great melting pot. Same thing with Hamilton. Did not cover a lot of stuff that a simple song would have. Like his wife was, you know, came from a family of slave owners. He worked for a slave trader and was responsible for slavery. That could have been talked into, but of course, you can't fit in everything. And Lin Manuel Miranda can do however he wants. 1776 was the same way. But yeah, very very schoolhouse rockish. That's a very good way to, to phrase yeah. it. Okay, DJ Mike coming in. Yeah, guys, we got Dan Simon, Texas host DJ Mike, going to be in the studio here after the top of the hour break. Feel free to text call at any time, 936-228-9368. Uh, we got to about 11 o'clock today, so we'll see you guys in a bit right after this break. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for a summer internship, Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to learn the radio and TV business. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world. Did you know there are more than 790 abused and neglected children currently in foster care in Montgomery County? Will you help make a difference? I'm Allie Stevens with Casa Child Advocates of Montgomery County. We train and support volunteers to be the voice of children in the foster care system. 
kids removed from their home because of abuse and neglect. And we need volunteers just like you to advocate for these children. To learn more about becoming an advocate, please visit costaspeaksforkids.com. That's costaspeaksforkids.com. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at one o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. From the beginning, the main purpose of the Cooperative Extension Service has been to change human behavior by teaching people how to apply the results of scientific research. By utilizing a holistic, multi-level approach, Extension Family and Community Health Programs encourage health and well-being for everyone. Addressing values, concerns, and needs with reliable science-based information, Extension Programs help people lead healthier lives. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and... 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. All right, we're back. You're on Dick and Skippy in the mornings, 10 o'clock. Broadcasting live on Lone Star Community Radio, IRLoneStar.com. Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and of course, Facebook.com slash Dick and Skippy. Hanging out all the way to 11 o'clock. We got DJ Mike in the studio. I want to remind folks, you can call, text, interact with us at any time at 936-228-9368. Also, we're at Facebook Live, so we're looking at comments. I know Sean's the one on that. Um, but yeah, so we're back. We had a nice little first hour. We did announce that we're going to be playing uh, later in the show the first taco review we did of Taco Velo- Velos. Hope I pronounced that correctly. So Velos. Uh, we have Velos. 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 So, yeah. And then later today, uh, we're going to go out to Gallivant Coffee and interview him, talk about him and his little, not little, it's a pretty big coffee cart. And uh, but yeah, let's get it. Let's get let's get DJ Mike here um, on Dance Time in Texas. If you're interested in listening to his current show, visit I believe it's Dance Time in Texas. Dot. Let's check it out. Dance Time in Texas. Dot com. Yeah, very simple. That's so easy. Uh, and you can listen to it. Uh, he does the SoundCloud version, so you can just listen to it right now if you want to listen to it. You can go online. Go on. Go on to uh, Dance Time in Texas. Dot com. Or yeah. find me at DJ Mike on Facebook. Uh, and you just 
Yeah, I put all the info in the description on Facebook and then especially on the podcast. So the links are there if you want to learn more about uh, DJ Mike and where the, his, his show is. You can also listen to it pretty much Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. New show drops on 8 a.m. on Friday uh, as of right now. So if you listen to the radio and you're listening at 8 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio Monday through Friday, you'll hear Dance Time in Texas. If you like Texas Red Dirt music, if you like hearing the new stuff, we also play some older stuff. It's called Rewind, where we take you back to some older songs that you probably hadn't heard in a while, but it's fun to play. Uh, I also feature upcoming artists and older artists. We just had Corey Morrow on the show last week, and he talked about how he got his start 20 years ago when he met a, another guy by the name of Pat Green at yeah. Texas Tech. Um, now, would you say those are the two, like, because the outlaw country... Back in the 70s, I mean, you could almost say 60s too, right? Uh, Outlaw Country really Yeah, what defines uh, old now? <laughs> well, because I mean, like, I'm talking about Willie Nelson and those guys. When okay. they started their rise, they weren't pigeonholed into Texas country music. They were. It was outlaw, so it was kind of broader. The so, genre to Texas country really didn't start until around 2000. Uh, before that... Um, if you had long hair and you didn't fit the uh, Grand Ole Opry dressed like Porter Wagner and Dolly yeah, Parton had mold, some gemstones on somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Tom Paul Glaser, and Jesse Coulter were the original outlaw country. Yeah. Um, and, and along with, uh, who was that DJ out of Mexico? Uh he had long hair. You're talking the wrong Wolfman crowd. Jack. I was about to say that's like the only DJ from back to the Wolfman Jack and Charlie Tuna. Were well, the like, only two but, I well, I wanted to then. bring those guys up because a lot of those dudes are from Texas. Yes. and But they weren't labeled as Texas country. There was no Texas country back they then. Were, you, were either, you were either country, bluegrass, and then around the late 70s is when outlaw country came. Yeah. And, and that actually started because the album... With Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Tom Paul, and Jesse Coulter, was titled "Outlaw." Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, because I was, I, I, you were talking your show's Texas country, and I always kind of think of like when you say Corey Morrow, and when I think of Texas country, country start, I think like Jerry Jeff Walker, Corey Morrow, those are the two who are the older, who are like older, substantially older than what's currently being played on Texas country. Well, like what, they're basically grandfathers now. And like mm-hmm. Robert O'Keefe, he's probably a grandfather, I imagine. Absolutely. Um, we talked about that on the show uh, because back in the '90s, there wasn't Texas country. Yeah. Uh, back in the late eight, in, around the '80s, uh, you had Texas artists that went to Nashville, but it wasn't really Texas country. So back then. Uh, Texas country around the 80s was Jerry Jeff Walker. Uh, Texas country uh, was a new guy in the 80s by the name of George Strait who came out with a song called Unwound. Uh, Then a little bit later, he had a kid from Katie by the name of Clint Black, and he came out with Better Man. And it wasn't until... But it's not Butterman? (laughs) Better. 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 Oh, wow. And, and speaking of, what? I want to give a shout out to Hayden Nicholas, who is also with Clint Black. He's been writing with him for the beginning, and they they want to get on Dance Time in Texas. Are they from around here? Katy, Texas. Katie, well, I mean, like, because I see the Blacks play a lot up here. Clint Black, okay. Back in the day, uh, I worked one of the first clubs. It was called the Honeycomb, and it was on the Richmond Strip. 
Okay. And this was about the time Urban Cowboy had come out with the mechanical bull and the punching bag. And uh, I was going to ask how Gillies played into this music scene and going off to Nashville. Because of the movie, it made country fun. Okay. But country music wasn't... So Roadhouse, too? Roadhouse, no. Roadhouse is just, let's get drunk and fight. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what makes country fun. I was actually, I got to say, I was once I was actually in a country and western bar fight. It was at the Wounded Armadillo in Richmond, Texas. And it started off two guys fighting well, over a woman, you, and okay, then we got sorry, into it. We, got, we went on a little tangent. That's all I have to say now about we're all, Roadhouse on our mind. Have you actually really been to a place where they put chicken wire up in front of the band? Yeah, <laughs> there's a yeah. Back in the day, like I really, I told Holly, I go, I want to go to a place like that. Um, if they do it now, it's more for decoration. Man. But back in the day, if you, okay, there are some little bars, and I'm not going to mention any names because they're still fun, and I don't want to get them in trouble. But gotcha. if you're on a bike run, you know, in the fall uh-huh. with a bunch of biker buddies, motorcycles, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. In the BMX little. Yeah. No, 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 no. You can't really walk into one of those bars wearing the tidy whitey stuff. Oh, you can. You're just not walking out. Oh, this isn't a biker bar? It's <laughs> <laughs> not the biker bar no, I no, thought no. it was. Yeah, wrong one. But back in the day, they would because you'd get drunk and people throw the beer bottles. And Yeah, that, I know why they had it set up. But I was like, that's genius because you know. Is that only the Blues Brothers or is that in real house? No, that was in Roadhouse. Yeah, Well, it it was in in the Honky Tonks. And Mm -hmm. there used to be some places up around the Montgomery County area where you could take your motorcycle rides with your buddies. And um, before DUIs became so so bad. uh, Before (laughs) Before the man started. Before we got older and we had to get insurance and we bought our own homes and we had something to lose in a lawsuit besides our lives. And then we're probably going to make some people mad about that. But (laughs) lighten up, have fun. We don't care. (laughs) Well, no, because that that to me really starts the scene for a lot of country and Texas country, especially here. Like I I know a few. I know one of my good buddies is Jake Ward. I really like Jake Ward. But to me, he's not really Texas country, but he plays primarily here. And... Uh, well, let me let me get back to this story. Yeah, yeah. Okay, back in there, you had George Strait, you had Clint Black, you had Jerry Jeff Walker. Now, Jerry Jeff Walker was not a Nashville artist. He did it on his own. Yeah. But the other guys were from Texas, went to Nashville, and got a contract. Today, these are the Texas artists, and Texas red dirt is the real terminology, and it covers not only cowboy-style country, but... It also covers more of a Leonard Skinner type sound, which would be the Whiskey Myers where you're at today. Mm-hmm. It would cover Django Walker, which is Jerry Jeff's son, which is somewhere in between country and somewhere in between rock. It's a more upbeat, rowdier type stuff. Um, and so they didn't. Uh, Corey, Corey Morrill, perfect example. Corey, hey y'all, can you see me now? Corey went to Memorial High School. Got his first guitar at 15, um, and the way he got his guitar was his dad won it in a, in a poker game in a Mexican border town. And, I mean, this is a cool story. Yeah. Like, and he didn't really play guitar to, to learn to play music. They just played it to mess around at parties where they, they played guitar just to make each other laugh. It, it made yeah. no sense. It wasn't until he got to college and he met a, a guy that was up and coming starting by the name of Pat Green that they got serious about writing music. And they're... It's funny because Django Walker, Jerry Jeff's son, wrote a song called My Texas. And he wrote it while he was at a music school in England. And the music teacher said, this song is trash. It's never going to do anything. 
He came back. Corey and Pat Green recorded it. It was their first song, and it went to number one. Hmm. Well, I mean, first off, they're in England. Yeah, right. I mean, I, no, there was a big rock. When when I lived in England, there's a huge rockabilly presence there. Well, yeah. now today they love Texas music, uh, yeah. and, and we'll get to that here. But anyway, so fast forward today, uh, Corey Morrow, Pat Green, Robert Earl Keen, um, Jerry Jeff Walker. Yeah. they were the original like founding people of the Texas country music scene. Then you have the bands coming across the border, Cross Canadian Ragweed. Yeah, that's a big one. Stony Larue. He was from Oklahoma. And so what about 1100 Springs and stuff like that? 1100 Springs never has got the exposure they need to. It's a great band. If yeah. you ever get to see them in, 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 a, in a bar, they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun, but they're not, they don't have the exposure yeah. yet. Um, maybe they just don't have a right record promoter now who's calling out and pushing the song to the different radio stations to get them played. Mm -hmm. But they were on the show at one time. Uh, they were in the top 10. Um, and so one of the things I talked to Corey about last week was how cool is it that 20 years ago when you were up and coming, starting making new fans and now fast forward, you got the kids of your original fans that are now going to your shows. And he was talking about where he'd have these younger kids come to a show and go, I first heard you, I was still in my mama's belly the night before she went into labor. And, a little weird, but all right. Well, back then, you know, 20 years ago, no, 20 years ago, they're still going to the bar. They didn't drink. They went to the music, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but it made him smile to go back and think, God, 20 years ago, I was just starting, getting in trouble. And fast forward today, I got all that bad stuff out of my system, and I'm enjoying making music. And now I have a new crop of fans, which are the kids of my original fans. So is there possibly a... Um, a path of maturity when it comes to you know someone a country singer and writer that they can start like younger and angrier or or more down and then as you said as they get it out of their system you know it's any genre if you're mm -hmm. in the music business and you and you stick to it uh most of the time you're doing it because a lot of musicians start off as like an outcast and they're not on the football team mm -hmm. they're not the social cat they're the more the quiet type they sit back in the rooms, they play the guitar, they have fun, they meet other musicians. Um, and then when they get some good stuff and they go out there at 18, 19 years old and they're starting to play the bars and you're starting to drink and you're exposed to all the girls and all the fun and everything that's thrown at you and the more you play, the more popular you become and the more stuff is thrown at you, you lose yourself. Well, I mean, and that's one thing like I like to talk to Jake about because Jake... Uh, Jake Ward is who I'm talking about, if you don't know. He's from... Uh, Jake's got some great stuff. Yeah. Watered-down whiskey, memory like you. And, yeah, and, like, his, his stage presence is, is really great. Like, I, I I love going to see him live because he they, they're they violinists. Like, they just create a big party. Uh, and he's from Corpus Christi. I, I think I'm saying Jake Ward's name right. Like, are we talking about the same Jake Ward? Because there's yes. a Josh Ward. There's a Josh Ward who's, who's here. From, he's from Dobbin, yeah. Montgomery. Uh, Jake is more of the pop style. Yeah. He's, not, he's not cowboy he wears country. Skin, he mm. wears skinny jeans. I give him a hard time for that. Well, uh, you need to get him out of the skinny jeans unless he wants to be like Luke Bryan. But, I mean, uh, I always ask. I, I'll be curious. I want to see a poll, and I'd love the listeners to comment, mostly yeah. the female listeners. Girls, what do you find more attractive, Luke Bryan in skinny jeans or George Strait in Wrangler jeans? I would have to say just from the, You're not the a girl. women in my life, 
It would be George, yeah. George Strait. Well, I mean, I, I think there's a preference on both. Of course, I'm older. Depending on who, what age group you're talking about. And then you're also, with the jeans stuff, some guys look good in both, like both jeans, but some guys don't look good in one or the other. So, you know, the I mean, skinny jeans, I don't even want to attempt to put on. Like, I refuse. Like, I, I would only do that for a dare. I'm, I'm like, sorry. Dick, okay. you've got toothpicks for legs. I don't know if they make jeans that But i got small. a butt that goes forever. So it's like... You do. So it's like I can't... You do. Maybe, maybe we'll play that Sir Mix-a-Lot song for him. Right. Baby got back. Well, that's what Holly told me. She's like, you're not going to wear skinny jeans. I was like, oh. She's like, yeah, because you're just your proportions would be out of control. Like, Let the girls wear the tight jeans. Let the guys wear the Wranglers. <laughs> God made men to be men. And if anybody disagrees with me, that's your right. Just still listen to the show. Yeah. Well, I think that's important. We we do have a we, we have some uh, uh, viewers asking like do you play local artists because uh, one thing that we probably should say is you're a top 10 and some correct yes um basically dance time in texas and that's a funny story how that show started and, and we'll get into that in a minute dance time in texas is a weekly countdown of the top 10 texas red dirt songs that are packed in the dance floors now the stipulation okay. is you they've got to be danceable they can't be just radio songs you got to be able to dance to it okay secondly this section's called Rewind, where I play some older songs that you might not have heard in a while. Like this week's Rewind is a is a Where My Ring by Bart Crowband. Then I will also feature newer artists. What decade is that? Because when you're saying older, I well, go Bart Crowband. Way back. That was like last ten years. Last ten years. Okay, yeah. so but then, like, but I, I guess but you. then there's times I've been known to throw in uh, Johnny Rodriguez North of the Border. Or when Kenny Rogers passed away, I played The Gambler. I mm, featured him mm. on that because he's from Houston as well. Mm -hmm. The only stipulation is they've got to be Texas Red Dirt. They can't be a Nashville artist wanting to get exposure on the show because this is, do I play any local artists? Yes. Josh Ward, Jake Ward. Um, I just did a kid by the name of Cody Hibbard who was playing at the Pacific Yard House mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago. He lives here in Willis, Conroe area. Uh, uh, the, the other buddy, uh, Pasadena. The guy from Pasadena? No, he sang the song Pasadena. Oh. Um, Jared Sterrett. Yeah. I had him on the show. I haven't heard, I haven't heard from him for a while. Um, so as long as they've got music that's coming up, I'm trying to promote those guys and help them get the songs up higher. Awesome. Dance Time in Texas started off. I was a DJ at Big Texas for about five years. Mm -hmm. And we parted ways. I mean, I literally went in. They go, we're making a change. I said, oh, great. So as I'm driving home, and I'm a believer. I'm a big believer in Jesus and faith and all that. Mm -hmm. I'm going, Lord, what am I going to do now? And so I turn on the radio and hit scan, and it stops. Have you ever wanted to start your own radio show or podcast? Contact us at Lone Star Community Radio in downtown Conroe, Texas. The Do you know the odds of that happening, especially with our antenna reach? Yeah. I yeah. mean, that is if that's not divine intervention, I don't know what I mean, it is. You know, you ask God for something, he's going to give it to you. You just got to <laughs> listen to it. And so I thought about it, and I went home, and I had a couple glasses of wine. and I It said, helps. I wanted to write something, and so I wrote it, and then I called Dick, and I said, Dick, I got an idea for a show. He goes, I like it. Let's do it. And this was in July of a year ago. And it's kind of evolved from just being a countdown. Yeah, I like it's a good show. It's a, if you enjoy Red Dirt Texas country music, it's, it's what I was telling him yesterday on the phone. I go, it reminds me of the old school radio where you want to know what happens. 
and like you so want, like there's a story yeah like you want to know what songs he's picking you want to know what's going on what's new this week mm-hmm. because well, I'll, you, I'll give you a funny story the sure. number one song right now for the past five weeks is cody jinks ain't a train now i don't know if you know this or not anal train ain't <laughs> A train. <laughs> Ain't a train. Boy, yeah. I heard that one wrong. I like it. I, I like it, though. Country music's really evolved. I, I, hey, Mike, you should throw that in there when you're announcing it a couple of times just no. to see if people no. are paying attention. <laughs> no. Okay, uh, Ain't a Train. Thank you for that clarification. Enunciate, Mike. Basically, the, the song's about the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> you betcha. Ain't a train. Oh, my Sorry. God. Here, okay, we've gone down the rabbit hole. Please continue. Please. Anyway, <laughs> I'm glad I'm on this side of the desk, not next to you. <laughs> So what about what about so Cody Jinx? They, he was having writer's cramp, and he was with his best friend in a studio, and he go, man, I just can't think what to write this last uh-huh. song. So they went out and picked a bag full of shrooms, and they were on some shrooms when they wrote the song. Really? Yeah, I mean, that's people still do drugs and write music, man. No, I get that, but I just figured Are shrooms that... shrooms or drugs if you pick them yourself? Yeah, right. I just figured that, oh, that no grass idea. would be the... Muse of choice for a country artist. Oh no, that's whiskey. Okay, okay that I'll give yeah, you that one. You're for talking sure. red dirt, man. Red yeah. dirt people are hardcore sometimes. Like when they get mad, they like their angry songs are really good. Well, there's a, there's a great video if you can go to YouTube. It's uh, the old cross Canadian ragweed, the boys from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But it features it, it features Randy Rogers. It features Wade Bowen. It features Jason Bolin, Stony Larue's in it. Uh, uh, Roger Crager. I mean, in the song, the boys from Oklahoma roll their joints all wrong. And if you ever sing that song on stage, the last verse, you have to make it up yourself. <laughs> and a funny story, we were seeing Cody Hibbert, who's got that new song out just for the record. That kid's going to be big. Uh, he's a pipe welder here in Willis, but he's starting to do music. He's part Asian. And his last verse <clears throat> was, them boys and down in China roll their joints all wrong. They're all filled up with that Chinese water bong. Their eyes be kind of squinty, but that's all right. They'll still get you stoned on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. And that's- I mean, but... It's funny. So you never know what art's going to sing and how they make it. The, up. Yeah, I like that for a free, free form. Mike, got a question here because you know, obviously, I'm like way old and stuff. And like, if if I can find it somewhere, I I had an album, and I don't know if I ever played it, but it's Willie Nelson. But it's got to be from the fifties or sixties because he's like got a crew cut and he's wearing one of those you know suits with oh, the skinny before. ties. Yeah, that's before. Yeah, before. so that's like early Willie Nelson. So we're, you know, I was talking about like the you know That'd how. Be the- 50s and 60s. Uh-huh. I wish I hope I still have that because He was trying to fit into Nashville and get the contract. Is I was going to ask what changed or what prompted the Probably smoking marijuana. Well, no, he didn't get the contract. It's like Corey Morrow. After he did his thing with Pat Boone, I mean with Pat Green. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of 60s. Uh, he packed up his stuff, put on his cowboy hat, his guitar, his boots and his belt buckle. He went up to Nashville, pitched his music, and they didn't like his stuff. He came back to Texas, mm-hmm. heartbroken, and wrote a song called Nashville Blues. Probably one of his most popular songs. One of his most popular songs. Like, that one, I know that one for sure. And that was the story behind that song is because Nashville didn't like it. And that's when he said, the heck with it. I'm just going to stay here in Texas. You know, if you think about this, you go to Nashville, you're going to write, and you're going to write, and you're going to write, and you're not going to perform. And all your music you're writing, 
is going to go to the established acts ahead of you. Right. To try to revive Tim McGraw's career, to try to revive all the 90s country artists that are still icons in Nashville, but have lost touch in Texas. So, hypothetical situation. Randy Rogers can play a show, and he could probably get 20000 a night, if not more. So if he plays a Friday and Saturday, that's a, what, uh, 40000 a yeah. week? That's $2 million a year just staying in Texas. Well, that's one thing I wanted to bring up, because like, I, I used to do a lot of interviews with artists, and like I said, I really enjoy Texas country. I like going to uh, watch them live, and I like talking about the business and I think what Texas did in a good in a good way, and it's similar to what Conroe has been designated as a music destination, they really cater to the different levels of musicians, mm-hmm. where you can make a living traveling and playing your music. Now, there's going to be challenges, I imagine, as an artist, as you get older, you might get married, you might have a kid, you might have a bandmate leave, and like, like those things happen over time. But I think the state, the state of Texas really created that atmosphere where you can be very successful if you just stay in Texas. What it is is the dance halls and primarily the college towns. Mm-hmm. Um, well, college towns, that's where like you, you, you get to pay the big bucks if you do like private parties and stuff like that. Like, I remember going to Blinn College in Brenham, Texas. Mm-hmm. And on Thursday nights and Saturday nights, we used to go to Silver Wings, which was a skating rink any other time. And they used to have bands there called Texas Pride or Johnny Rodriguez would play there. Yeah. And that was my first real experience in the dancing and the country and the music. And I went because I was 18 and 19 years old and I wanted to meet girls and get drunk. And so I learned to yeah, dance. Sounds about me. About 19, yeah, yeah, I'm cool. Yeah. I'm here. You know, I'm with it. I mean, what's the best way to meet a girl at 18 and 19? Either have a fast car, be a star football player. Or, or learn dance. to dance. Yeah, see, I don't really know how to dance. Holly knows how to dance. And I get nervous depending on how many people are on the floor because I know I'm going to hit. Like, we went to Big Texas, very crowded. Do not want to dance because I'm going to hit everybody. But then, like, we go to Johnny B. Dalton's before the rush, you can get you can get a couple of songs. In. Were you the one who was and dancing and they, they sent the, the paramedics because they thought you were having a, one of those attacks? It was epileptic seizures? No. no, it was a white man. It was a white man break dance. It wasn't a seizure. There you go. But uh, that's me on dance the floor. halls, like especially here in Montgomery County, like Johnny B. Dalton's is probably one of the well, like the better known ones, and Bi- uh, Big Texas is the newer one. Uh, I like Big Texas because you can't smoke; it doesn't smell like smoke inside. Uh, but Johnny B. Dalton's has that nostalgic feel of a dance hall where they like they even use the credit card swiper carbon copy things at certain stations. To me, that's like that's hilarious. I was like, this is great. Where's the chicken wire? Uh, <laughs> and w- w- would you comment on people who are listening today? Like, what are the better places to go listen to up and coming artists? And like, even even in Texas, like you don't have to do Montgomery County. Um, the COVID situation has got everybody shut down. So what's happening is a lot of these nightclubs are now putting in restaurants and serving food so they can get over that fifty one percent food to alcohol sales. Yeah. So they can open up again. It's evolving into more of a dinner theater type situation. Um, Big hmm. Texas Interesting. is closed. They're done. Wild West. Like they're I've, done forever? They're closed. They're, like they're not they, opening back up. They're not opening back up. Well, they are now eventually, but they've been bought out okay. by a new group. Uh, the club down in Clear Lake, which used to be Big Texas South, is now Rowdy's. 
And those people that have rowdies down there just bought big Texas up in spring. So they're in the process of installing a kitchen so they can get opened up. Hopefully they'll continue with the live music format. Um, the dance halls alone, just DJ in the monster clubs is going away. It's hard to sustain. You can't get that many people in there. When I was at big Texas, um, on a Saturday night, we'd have upwards of 2,000 plus people in there, plus waiting in line without a band. Um, but I was the original Wild West DJ in the 80s when Wild West was on Gesser and Longpoint. And then I came back to do the Wild West on Richmond in 98. Mm -hmm. uh, then in 99, I was uh, over Grand Central Stations, five cities of Grand Central Stations, then went back to Montana, came back, and I was at Big Texas for five years. But we were noticing we needed to do something more than just me and the DJ booth four nights a week. Uh, Wednesday was ladies' night, which was good. Thursday was dead, which is fine. Friday, we decided to go live music and feature Texas artists. Yeah. And then Saturdays, we were okay. Uh, but the bars are evolving. So the one that's really starting to pop right now is right here in downtown Conroe, the Pacific Yard House. Teague does a great job booking entertainment and mixing it up. He will have Texas Red Dirt on some nights. Uh, they had a, I think it was last night, they yeah. had a thing called Girls with Guitars, mm -hmm. which was Jesse Roach and Heather Benefield and a couple other girls doing swan song swaps, which was really neat. They had dueling pianos. So you want to see live entertainment, go up there, have dinner, reserve the table. They do a great job. Um, if you want, in the Waco area, you got the Back Porch Waco, which is an outdoor setting, which is really great. Um, I'd like to see the B-52 Brewery up here on 105. Yeah, I do. I'd like to see them do they, some live music. They used to do some stuff at Southern Star, but it wasn't like a consistent thing. If they're doing fundraisers and things, they would, right, they they would, would, open, they it would open it up. I mean, one of the coolest places I've been to that has a lot of potential is the White Oak Music Hall because they have so many different venues located in that one location. And it's they there's a place kind of like similar to... Uh, Dosi do where they attract some high-end people, but it's a low population setting. So you're not dealing oh, with yeah. 4,000 <clears throat> people around you. You're yeah, Dosi do is amazing. At, you know, you buy your ticket for 150 bucks and get a dinner to go with it. But yeah, it's well, I mean, intimate. It's just more of big name. It's the experience. Like I mm -hmm. saw Jake Ward at the White Oak, and they were in the side venue where it's like basically just a room. That's all it is. Yeah, the rustic in downtown Houston is starting to do that. They're bringing in a Where's lot of that bikes. located. I haven't been. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I grew up in Houston, went to Montana for 20 years. When I come back, I did not want to go back to the concrete jungle of Harris County. Yeah. And that's why I live on Lake Conroe. Because, I go. mean, the because the, the places here that I've been, and I've always, I'm have always i always curious because, like, Papa on the, Papa's on the Lake, to me, has the ideal outdoor venue. But, they, like, the, I don't know what happened with the second floor. Like, to me, they're, they're doing a gambling ring up there, and like, because that's never open. Or, like, so, something happened with insurance. I never got the full story why that second floor outdoor patio is completely blocked off. I probably, probably safety issues because it needs some repair. I don't know. I don't want to go there, but I love Papa's to hang out. Speaking of live music, there's a place called the 2920 Roadhouse. In I Tomba. heard that. I was driving in and listening to an AM radio program, and, and, Someone was giving a commercial about them. Yeah. In fact, uh, tomorrow night is Darren Morris. Okay. And he's got the song Dancing in the Rain, and his new song out is called Country to the Bone. And so the 2920 Roadhouse is starting to do live acts like that. Uh, here again, Pacific Yard House. Can't say enough about them. They're well, great. So let me get your opinion on the Pacific Yard House. Because uh, one thing I love about live music is that the way the businesses handle it. 
The thing that I don't like about Pacific Yard House is they corner you into paying for the act if you're eating dinner. And to me, that's always like I understand we like so basically say the the act starts at ten or nine thirty, and say you get there it's nine o'clock you're eating, they come up to you. I don't know if they do this anymore, but it left a bad taste in my mouth. They come up to you saying, "Hey, if you're continuing to eating here, we're gonna put we're gonna charge you on your ticket for an entry fee." Sounds like an inherent danger when you have a act in and a I've always felt restaurant not a pure. Music yeah. Well, I always felt that was just that, that. That to me is not a way to treat a patron. Well, hopefully it's a learning curve. The way that we used to address that, in when I had the restaurant and the live entertainment, is if the show came on at ten. Once we decided to seat you at eight thirty, we say, "Hey, look, guys, you're getting the last table. We have a live act. Should you decide to stay, it's typically ten bucks a head. But since you're eating, we're going to let you stay at the table for five bucks a head. Other than that." You have an hour and a half time limit because of the COVID, and I need the tables. Yeah, you know, if you want to sit down and eat, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You well, have this, the table this is like to, a year ago. Well, so it wasn't during. Well, yeah. it just I guess what the way I'm looking at it is a, as a person who wants to enjoy a dinner because to me, Pacific Yard House isn't a dance hall. It's not a concert hall. It's a dinner place. Then what they should do is at eight thirty when they do the last seating, say, "Look, you got an hour and a half. We have live music at ten. Should you like to stay and yeah. keep your table? If you don't, if you're here and you're eating." That's one thing. If you want to stay and not have a table, you're welcome to stay for free. If you want the table, I'm going to have to charge you an additional five bucks a person. And listen to That's Brett what I would do. Piped up with almost uh, identically the same thing. I got a question about these live venues because, you know, wanting to answer Dennis, who's asking, does anybody actually listen to radio? And I've got some facts and figures here. Well, he did that one time and he came in and started a show. This is Booyah, true. Dennis. Shut your mouth. Well, here we go. 93% of Americans listen to AMF and radio over the airwaves. That's 244.5 million Americans every month. Uh, which is higher than TV viewership, which is only 88%. So with that in mind, yeah, Dennis, people listen to radio. You're listening to us right now. <clears> there you go. And, of course, it's written down over the airwaves, uh, which is um, PC use 50%, smartphone use 83%. Kent, I remember back in the day, especially in the 80s, I'd be listening to radio stations, whether it be pop or rock or, or even on country sometimes, pop and rock. they would do live um well, not streaming back then, but they do like a remote where they'd be at a club or or, or something yeah. and play it out. So with these local venues, like the Pacific Yard House or whatever, even the, the, the larger ones, uh, can those still be broadcast over the airwaves to get to bigger audiences? Or are they still dependent on people to come to the venue? It depends on the radio station. When I was at Big Texas, I was also DJ Mike on 93Q from Saturday Night Live. Now, how much money do you want to pay the radio station to own that hour mm-hmm. how much do you want to pay him um and that's all that's got to be worthwhile return on the investment on that uh, you, you know yeah i don't want to drop numbers but it's expensive mm-hmm. to own three hours of 93q on saturday night now we played the music we broadcast you know we made the announcements we were live with the exceptional seven minute cutaway to run some spots mm-hmm. but yeah you could do it is it cost effective? No. Does a radio station, do the smaller stations want to get out there and do it for exposure? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're doing. We we worked out a partnership with the Chamber of Commerce. They're doing Lobster Fest. We're going out there, and we're going to be doing stuff. We're going to be at the golf tournament. We're also going to be at the, so, the delivery thing. So there is, yeah. In answer to your question, if you're a big market station, you make it for dollars. If you're a small station that's upstarting or an internet-based station, you do it for the exposure and to build your brand. Mm-hmm. And getting back, do people listen to the radio? Yeah, 
but they also now have the opportunity to listen to it on the internet mm -hmm. because dance time in texas is now in 18 markets i'm in 10 stations in texas awesome. two in minnesota yeah i'm featured weekly in nashville minnesota um interesting bimichi and why minnesota he actually reached out uh, to me because he heard the show on one of the Nashville. The, the Nashville's featured in their magazine, CDX Nashville, Texas Traction, which goes out to 5,000 stations every week in the United States okay. and 500 in Europe. Um, Dance Time in Texas is also in three cities in England. I'm on Nine Country West in Brazil. And I'm on Power Country in Milan, yeah. Italy. Nice. See, and that's what's so funny. When, awesome. When, well done. When Mike and I were talking about a show, that was one of the things that I identified, and I want and, and you identified too, is that you're not just Lone Star. Because I was like, this show is good enough to go anywhere. And luckily for us here, and it is. <laughs> luckily for us at the station, is he produces a show for us for the station. So, and I really like that. I mean, like, he, it's a great Texas country one hour. You get, and that's what I like about it. Is you get a lot in an hour. Mm -hmm. It's not like oh, you get four songs and a guy just talking about you know his wife or something like that. Uh, and it's again, you can listen to it right now. You can listen to the new show that re you released yesterday. Yeah. Um, what's funny is um, a lot of the beverage companies like Texas Select Whiskey and Rebecca Creek Whiskey are following an older model where they created a radio show. And they feature the artists that they sponsor mm. to promote their brands. Yeah. You know how the Grand Ole Opry started? Was it the same way or was it just like a... WSM Life Insurance Company. They and own the radio station or something like they that? They would go door to door to try to push life insurance. But they decided to start a radio program called the Grand Ole Opry <laughs> and feature the local artist. And so when they knock on the door and say, hi, I'm with WSM Life Insurance, they go, oh, Grand Ole Opry, come on in. And that's how they were able to sell the life insurance. And that's how the Grand Ole Opry started. It was basically, they had enough money to start their own radio show and use it to feature their brand as the sponsor and talk about it online. Not unlike Mutual of Omaha with, uh, uh, what's his name? The Hunt. old dude and yeah. the animals. Yeah, uh-huh. Wild Kingdom. Yeah. Well, let's talk about... Uh COVID is going on right now, and it's going to be going on for quite some time. When it comes to— Until shortly after Election Day. Well, no, I mean, it's still going to have—they're not going to be—the NFL is not going to start opening their stadiums 100%. I'm talking like— They're going to open be, their stadiums. But they're not going to go 100%. So when you're going to, like, upcoming now, I know the Friends of Conroe are putting on the uh, popular Catfish Festival the first week—second weekend of October— uh, Which they got some good acts for that. They got some like the lineup. Aaron is Watson. Doing real, it's really cool. So if you're into Texas country, Saturday and, or Cajun music, don't they have Wayne Tubes uh, coming Wayne back? Tubes. But see, that's what I'm. I'm I gotta ask you is we're talking to these artists and stuff. Have you for the recent topic of coronavirus? Have you seen anything where it's like everything's kind of up in the air? You just wait for that phone call. They cancel you or they give you the green light. Because like even Jake reached out to me. He's like, Hey, I haven't heard from the friends of Conroe. Is everything okay? And they basically, I talked to the friends of Conroe, and they basically said they're going to make an announcement, I think it was this weekend, about what exactly they're doing, because it's a de it's a developing thing. It's not just... Everything is so fluid, and, and they're watching what other people are doing and trying to expand upon that. Yeah. Um, the one thing that can be said that in, in times like this, it makes creative people become more creative. Absolutely. And so you're seeing a lot more virtual shows. Mm. Um, yeah, one of my good buddies, uh, I just went blank, he he did his, he does a live segment from his hallway. 
And so okay. he, he like branded it that. Well, you know, it was Paul Cawthon. I don't know if you ever heard of Paul Cawthon. It's from Austin. But like that was his thing. And it was like, but he made it sound like he's playing at basically some music hall. But the, the joke was used in a hallway of his apartment. Okay. There's a couple guys in a new band called the Powell Brothers, Blake and Taylor. Shout out to you guys who are now in New Caney. This is Powell or Powell? Powell, P-O-W-E-L. Got it. L. And they've got some new music out. And they're going to be the featured artist for next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have to edit down the interview. couple great guys. They were down around in the Houston, Kingwood area. Okay. But after Harvey, they moved up and they bought a barn in New Caney which they turn into like a stage recordings jam session area. Nice. Cody Johnson went there and did his virtual show from there with the Powell brothers. So what was great about that is Cody has such a huge following that when Cody said, I'm going to be doing a virtual show on this day, he was able to expose the Powell brothers and get them exposure through his market. And now these guys are blowing up everywhere. So the thing about Texas red dirt music is Austin now is becoming known for the rockabilly Americana sound. And the Piney Woods, Tyler Longview area, is becoming known for, you know, the Whiskey Myers type sounds. Mm -hmm. But Conroe Montgomery is becoming known for the cowboy music. So just in our area alone in Montgomery, you've got Cody Johnson, you've got Josh Ward, you've got Jesse Robb Jr., you've got Jason Cassidy, uh, gal coming out now, uh, Jesse Roach. She's playing everywhere. She was actually on American Idol, if you believe that or not. I believe it. Well, I think that's a lot. Uh, I mean, because that's one thing kind of saying about artists traveling and like they're going to be involved in one way or another in some stuff that you would never connect. Yeah. And especially if they love playing music, because you'll get guys who, oh, I was backup guitarist for some popular dude, but now I'm making my own music. Yeah. And you would never remember him well, being on George Strait's band or something like that. Curtis Grimes. He's yeah. got the song Little Bit. Uh, I don't think you know this, but he was on season one of The Voice. Blake Shelton turned him down. He got picked up by CeeLo Green. He has since become 2018 Texas Music of the Year mm-hmm. and then 2019 Entertainer of the Year. And he's also doing what Nashville calls positive country, but what I call cross-country, faith-based country yeah. music. And there's a whole slew of Texas artists that are doing that Aaron now. Watson's doing Aaron it. Watson, Curtis uh, Grimes, Cody Johnson. In fact, Cody Johnson has a song that you can watch on YouTube called His Name is Jesus. And it's a shout-out to Pastor Randy Weaver at Lone Star Cowboy Church. Over Montgomery? Yeah. Oh, and, wow. and it's funny because Cody would always say, I want to thank the good Lord upstairs. And, and Randy looked at him one day and says, would it hurt you to say his name? <laughs> and the first next show was Rodeo Houston when he got called in to fill in for Old Dominion. And on stage, he goes, I want to say thanks to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, from Rodeo Houston for his first time he ever did that. Yeah. Nice. And so there's a lot of stories from these Texas guys. You know, shout out to Randy and Darlet, Lone Star Cowboy Church. Thank you for what you do. Mic drop. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, especially with people being kind of like, I think the Catfish Festival is going to be fine because we're outside and people know how to, you know, I mean, you know rushing I, the stage isn't, I mean, I, I don't know how to Every that's day that passes work. where we don't have mass body bags on the street is another day where people go, hey, well, maybe we can have a concert. Look, I want to say this. Um, Healthy people go to outdoor events, and they may or may not have had it. If you're sick, you're not going. Bottom line. Well, it's, 
I don't think Let anyone's me ask that you this. stupid. You got Sturgis <laughs> going on, and they say out of the 500,000 people that went, they only reported eight people that came down with it, and it was asymptomatic. They didn't get sick. Well, mm. I think that's going to develop into more. I mean, no one really knows the, I mean, the true story behind. Oh, we'll know within two weeks. Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. Okay, Within two here, weeks, we're going to know Here's Mike sure. being Mike, sticking his foot in his mouth. <laughs> you but came how, to the right show for that, buddy. How many reported cases of COVID came out of the March that they had in Houston with 60,000 people. Well, I remember arm in arm and no mask. Mm. I like, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think that's, it's, it's really hard to ask that question and not seem like you're trying to target something. Because I'm, I'm not targeting people. I'm targeting the event, the concept. Well, I know because that's a magic here again, virus you know. here again, healthy people, are going to go to outdoor events. They're not sick. If you're sick, stay home. Well, I think mm-hmm. healthy people are going to want to go back to normal. So, like, mm-hmm. regardless of the event, they want to go to, like, me, I like to go to the bowling alley. Like, I want to go there. Yeah, and, and, and that healthy. counts. Take precautions. Yeah. Wear your mask until you get there, and if there's nobody coughing around you, take the mask off. You know, I mean, um, stay distant. Yeah, keep your six feet. And, and I think people are going to continue that mindset like for the rest of the year going into the next year, I like we were always talking about, I'd be interested to see when people finally go, Oh, we don't need masks anymore. Cause I think it's so, it's just a normal there's thing a, now. There's a thing called, um, I forgot the word for it. You mean her, Herd immunity? Herd immunity. Mm-hmm. That's going to take forever to actually... I wonder how many people actually have it. They're over it. Just like a flu, you built up an immunity to it. Well, yeah, look, look at the the positive case count. that you, you got positive cases of COVID skyrocketing, which means, okay, these people have it. They got it. 99.5% of them are going to get over it. And yeah, that's so where you started to cheating. answer your question about how is this affecting the outdoor venues and the things. The, the longer we go, the colder it gets. And I, and I believe that in October, if it starts to chill off that cold, if we don't have a freeze, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, practice social distancing. Don't go if you're sick. Um, I, I would highly preach to a lot of people. If you smoke, quit smoking, because that's going to make you sicker no matter what you have, whether it's COVID or influenza. Yeah. Um, but the artist, you know. Uh, they're being more creative. They're writing music. They're doing stuff virtually. They've been able to reach out, and because they're able to sit at home or in a studio and do these virtual shows, they can be more personable. They don't have to stand up there, do a 90-minute set, get on, get off. They can talk. You can get to know them. They get to just like hanging out in your living room with them. What do you think with, with social media, do you think that kind of changed the the path of success for an artist? Absolutely, because it became quicker now to play your music and share it with your friends and go, oh, my God, check this out. Mm-hmm. Before, you had to wait till Saturday night to load up in the car and go to the dance halls in a college town to learn. And, and predominantly, Texas country music is a younger market. Yeah, It's college kids because that's where they're going to see these guys. Um, you know? Well, I mean, you go to you go to college station on a Friday, Saturday night, like you'll get the idea of Texas country music. Like it, it is, there's several places kind of like Austin. Like Austin's a little different though. Cause when you go to Austin, you get all genres, uh, college station, you got hurricane Harry's, you got Southern's, um, you know, both are big dance halls. Both are bringing in a lot of fun stuff. Um, and, and it's funny because I always ask him like, I'm going to have Hayden Haddock back on the show and he's starting his junior year at Texas A&M. And so, it's funny because uh, 
I always ask them, you know, you went to A&M, you went to UT, which did you get more? Where'd you get more in trouble at? Did you get more trouble at the Dixie Chicken, at Hurricanes, or at Southerns? You know, when when you're 18 and 19, you grew up in Katy. Did you go to most place? Most place. We forgot about that. If you want good Texas music, Mo's been doing it for almost 40 years. Um, well, I mean, are these iconic places? I mean, they're facing that challenge of being closed and then not having like I the acts aren't booking because you know the acts want to book. But I know a lot of venues are kind of going like again. You get the phone call, green light or red light. Like, well, what uh, what what I'm seeing happen, and and I'm also suggesting and trying to make the connect the dots. Mm-hmm. They can do smaller venues and they can do acoustic sets. You don't need a full production. You don't need a full band. Find the places with the patio. Take your guitar. Go play for about two or three hours. You're not going to make the kind of money that you made to, but you could still connect and make a more solid band base because you can be more intimate and personal mm-hmm. with them. Instead of playing in front of 2,000 people, play in front of 100 people. Shake their hands, press the flesh. <laughs> Squirt stuff on your hand afterwards. Yeah. you know. The, <laughs> but, and so a lot of them, if they're not doing virtual tours, they're starting to do the acoustic patio sets. Um, yeah, I mean, no, there's, there's a ways to sense. get back to it. Mm-hmm. Now, the bigger acts like Cody Johnson and stuff can't afford to do it. But the up-and-comers like the Jake Wards, yeah, like the Powell be. Brothers, um, Cody Hibbard, there are places, most places still doing full bands because they have a kitchen. Pacific Yard House, full band, they have a kitchen. But the other places that have the patios, I mean, you got the 242 in Willis. They got a great patio. They can probably drop about 50 people on that patio. Plus, they have the out parking lot that they could spill out to if you drop some picnic tables. It was a Cactus Jacks. It's kind of a weird place. It's not really outdoor. Uh, well, they have, don't they have a backyard? Yeah, but the parking to get to it. Yeah, it's the, a weird. That's a weird layout. The Wave up on Lake Conroe is now doing live music outside on Friday and Saturday nights, acoustic sets. Um, Sorry, keep talking. Oh, we're not going to do it. We're, okay. it's already over. <laughs> we're not going to run our talk review. I'll release it. We'll put it out. There we go. <laughs> okay, special separate episode. Yeah, because we only have six minutes. That's left. what that's seven what seven I figured. So, um. You know, it, it's just the artists want to get out there. They're missing the stage, but they're taking this time now to be more specific in how they connect. And they get to spend more time, like right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing my show, but we're talking and I'm giving you some stories about the artist, about yeah. the show. Um, you know, it's funny. I get messages from England now from the radio stations up there going, oh, my God, we heard Darren Morris on your show. We want to play more of him. Can you send us more of your music? Nice. Um, so... Uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Texas music is in itself has got its own cult following, mm-hmm. and it's filling that void for what country music used to be that Nashville's not putting out. That makes sense. That makes total sense. And that's why it's exploding. Yeah, well, it, it always seemed to me Texas country was the music people wanted to listen to, but they didn't know. And Nashville's always the music that you're forced to listen to because it's Yeah, all, that makes sense. Like, well, for example, 93Q is the number one station in Houston. They have viewership of 5 million people. Um, Johnny Chang does a great job with the music they play, but they're still governed by Cox Media, which which is New York. Mm-hmm. And they have to play those songs. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, that's one thing that the conspiracy theory I always see in music the music industry because uh, we were talking a little bit about this, about uh, the music. I was listening to a musician named Akon, 
And Akon's a popular rapper, so I don't really know what genre you call it, dance music. I don't really know. He's pop music today because he's he's too light for the the rap. Um, and so yeah, well, what he, he what I'm trying to tell you is what's interesting is he's he's a creative person, and he was talking about you know I would make an album, and I would sell on iTunes you know a dollar two dollars a song, but then I started noticing that the ringtone version of the song was sell for $5. So he started like, this was like his after his second album. He's like, I literally made every single song have that 15 second ringtone to it because not only did the ringtone promote my music, but I made more money from it. Hmm. Absolutely. And he, and he started, it was really, he's like every song had to have it. And I was like, man, you're, you're, you're doing restrictions on your creativeness. But then again, it's a business. So he sees it as a business first before being creative. I wouldn't creative. even necessarily say you have to restrict I, it. I disagree with you on that, and I'll yeah. tell you why. Would you rather put out 15 songs and only one or two of them be popular, or would you rather put out five solid songs and all five are monsters? Well, if, so, well, if you're an artist and I come to you and I go, hey, you, I want, I want 15 songs, but each song has to have a 15-second thing that we can promote. Each song has to have it. And to me, you can't, you can't create a slow song with that. Slow songs are rarely going to be ringtone, so you can't take you can't do you know sad songs. It's got to be. But that's your sixteenth song. But no, you got to because he goes every single song on my albums are going to have that. But see, that's an artistic choice. That's like you know someone saying I'm only going to work in watercolors. Or when I got commissioned to write a play based in Vietnam, but I couldn't include swear words. That was a you know well, limit it, put on me. It yeah. it's like okay, you, you make it part of that art. Because I would say so the I tech, wouldn't say he's restricted. Well, well okay. Maybe that was maybe that was his business plan in the beginning to he get himself where he needed to be. Well, and then once he established that financial he, freedom, then he was able to loosen up. He and mentioned he mentioned like the the reason he did that was uh, like his other music. He calls them mixtapes, and he says the mixtapes are the ones where I do that are like a creative freedom where I'm I'm sending a message. They land and outside like, of that. Yeah, box. and it, it's. But like, and that's what I meant with the 16th okay. song. What's, yes. what's funny is that you say that. Back when I was DJing, when they still had records, before he was playing on <laughs> after records. When we had to, needles. Yeah. Um, in the nightclub, I would do a set that was geared for that. But I'd have people come up and say, hey, can you do some mixtapes for me of what you personally like yeah. that you wouldn't normally play in your shows? And so that's where you get to With go. With me, that'd be all the B-sides. Yes. I love the B-sides. Well, well, that's one thing. I like, Talking about Akon, really what's interesting about the Texas country music scene is the money really isn't in the album sales. It's in the live performances <laughs> and developing that reputation that you bring. Like if you get that following, they're going to hire you, pay you more money because they know you're going to bring these people. And it's a hit or miss a lot of times. I know... Uh, Conroe, specifically Montgomery County, have have done a great job creating festivals type atmospheres with the Catfish Festival, with the Wine and Music Festival over Montgomery. First Thursdays, first Thursday concert series, uh, the Fire Up the Bands. I don't really like. I don't like the way they changed it up, but I understood why they changed it up uh, because it, th- those things are something people expect every year. Like this is gonna be so much fun. I'm gonna see ten bands, Texas country bands. It's going to be a great time. I used to be on the board of directors in Montana for downtown Billings, and we did a thing called the Alive at Five, which every Thursday, 5 o'clock, was a concert. We moved it to different locations in the downtown Billings area because the different restaurants and bars would partake. Yeah. But then we also did a thing, uh, the Blues Festival. 
Now, the music didn't necessarily have to be blues. It was, you know, one time we'd have uh, uh, George Thorogood as a headliner. You know, it'd be a weekend deal. Uh, you might have Michael Frianti. You might have ZZ Top, you know, outdoor stage where we block it off like Cabbage Vessel. Yeah. And people love live music. People yeah, love the festivals. And today, the artist using music to promote themselves, which is the original thing. I like making music, okay? First and foremost, I play music because I like to play music. I put it on a record. I put it out there to sell. Mm -hmm. I make some sales. But what seems like today is like when I was at Big Texas and if I knew Josh Ward was coming up, I'd play a lot of Josh Ward music to promote the show. Mm -hmm. And then he would sell out. And so anymore, you get a hit song, it helps you sell out your concerts because those shows are money makers. Definitely, it's a quick cash infusion. But without the songs, you're not selling out a show. Well, yeah, I mean, I, but I think the industry changed dramatically over the past 20 years because, like, George Strait, at his height, his money was coming, a lot of it was coming from record sales. And because he was the, he's the king, man. Like, he was on top, and people all over the world would buy. Like, he probably went uh, diamond several times, I bet. Well, Let's talk about Big Texas back in the day when it was Midnight Road. Well, we got a minute. We got we to gotta be closing it. Now. Okay. So you got a quick story? Can you quick keep story, real quick. Back in the day, Brooks and Dunn would play there. Um, Schneid Twain and Toby Keith would play there. And they would use the concerts to promote the records. Yeah. Now it's the other way around. Yeah. And that's what I find really interesting because when I, when I want to see an artist, it, I, I really judge that artist based off their live performance, not off their album. Exactly. And it's just, it, it blows my mind where you listen to some people who are so produced and then you see them live, you're like, this is garbage. Neil McCoy puts on a great live show. Yeah. I mean, Jake Ward, that's the reason I even told him, I was like, your albums are all right, but your your live stuff's so much more fun. Like, you're all, you're all jumping around, your fiddle player's going nuts. Okay, the new guy to watch when he comes back, Cody Hibbard from the Conroe Willis area. Okay. See his show. You won't be disappointed. So there you go. So that's an endorsement with DJ Mike right there. That's the official one. Uh, Dance Time in Texas, guys. It airs every uh, weekday here at 8 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. The new episode drops on Friday. Uh, it's a once-a-week show. You can listen to it on demand at dancetimeintexas.com. Uh, we got to be heading out today uh, here on Lone Star Community Radio's Dick and Skippy in the Mornings. Uh, we want to say a special thanks to today's sponsors. we got Clean Sweep Office Cleaning and, of course, C3 Creative Content Creations. If you're interested in participating in the show, being a sponsor, uh, be a guest or whatever, 936-228-9368. DickandSkippy at gmail.com is our email. We look forward to having uh, some guests next week. We're lining some people up. I'm trying to get the Sons of History to come back on for a full two hours. Yeah. Which their show, their show now officially airs at 1 o'clock on Mondays here on Lone Star Community Radio. I'm going to be I'm be working on that right now after the show. We're actually going to go gallivant coffee right now and Just get, get some caffeine, coffee. caffeinated up. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna do a little piece with him, and then we'll probably put it on our Facebook. Uh, I do know if you're looking for the Taco Velos. 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 Review. We're going to be dropping that later today. We'll put it on our Facebook and YouTube uh, and stuff like that. We'll make an announcement for it. Uh, again, thank you so much for tuning in. DJ Mike, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. And uh, we'll see you guys on Monday at 9 a.m. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. 
more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.